0: Hello! Welcome to a new episode of Project 25. I am your host Andrea Juarez and to close this month on a high note I wanted to talk about money. I feel like financial health can be a struggle especially when we are in our 20s but I also understand that every situation is different. Some people are just starting their first jobs, others have been in the work field for a couple of years Others are paying off student loans or, for example, some international students are trying to make the most out of their money given the currency exchanges. So in our 20s, we are getting used to these responsibilities, but we also want to have fun and travel and spend money on entertainment, or at least that's how I am like, (laughs) but it can be a lot. And that's why I think it's important to have discussions about our finances and for this reason, today's guest is Laurel Wyden. She is a Deaf Counselor at Money Mentors, an Alberta-based nonprofit credit counseling agency. Through a number of services, Money Mentors helps families and individuals recover from financial crisis and move forward. From credit counseling and money coaching to retirement planning and community financial literacy, Money Mentors helps create a healthier financial future for the entire province. And back to Laurel, she has a bachelor's in business administration, a certificate in nonprofit management, and before joining Money Mentors, she was the finance manager at nonprofits such as the United Way and SAMI's Immigration Services. She also runs small businesses throughout Alberta and volunteered her time to do tax preparation for the Canadian Revenue Agency. After listening to this episode, you can also read more about finances in your 20s in a blog post by the Money Mentors team, which I will include in the episode description. And if you're in Alberta and would like to learn more about budgeting and planning, I highly recommend that you check moneymentors.ca, as they have many valuable resources and educational tools. The best part is that they are free. (laughs) And one more thing before I let you listen to the episode. I have a PSA. I will be taking a break in July, so I won't be posting any new episodes until August. So, I hope that you have a great summer, touch some grass, and have fun. And I'll see you in the next few weeks. Rested and reloaded. (laughs) Thank you again for being here, and I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Project 25 was born out of the obsession that we have of figuring things out. Being a 25-year-old or a 20-something is weird because it's fun, confusing, and exciting all at once. (laughs) It's an age where we realize that maybe the goals we had for ourselves weren't really ours to begin with, an age of tons of learning and unlearning, and an age of frequently asking ourselves, what am I doing? And that leaves us with a lot of uncertainty. I'm Andrea Juarez, and I created this project after hitting my quarter-life crisis. (laughs) I decided to look for answers and ask my family members, friends, and people I admire about their experiences being 25, what has changed, what they've learned, and their advice for the new generation of 20-somethings. There is a lot to live and learn, and I am a firm believer that listening is a powerful tool. Even if all the answers are within us, by listening to others, we can feel understood, but also reflect on ourselves, learn, and think about what we want for our present and for our future. Welcome, Laurel, to Project 25. Uh, One more time, thanks for taking the time. And... I'm excited to hear about all the really great things and valuable things that you're going to tell us today. So welcome.
1: <laughs> well, thank you for having me and for our inviting Money Mentors to be here. We're always happy to share with people what we know and what their concerns are.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. Thank you very much. And to Michelle, too, who arranged everything, a big shout out to her. <laughs> So I want to start off, but if you can share your title and a little bit about yourself.
1: I am Laurel Whiten, and I'm based in the Money Mentors Edmonton office. I've been in Edmonton for 13 years at this uh, office, but my title is Debt Counselor at Money Mentors. And personally, I am uh, over 60. I'm married and I have two sons that are single and they're in their mid-30s. And in my lifetime, I've worked for both wages and salary, and I've worked side gigs. I've been self employed with my husband, and I've been a tenant, a landlord, and a homeowner. So I've worked at nonprofits, I've worked in the for profit industry. So I often feel at my age and my point in life, I want 20 somethings to be encouraged. So having an opportunity to talk to 20-somethings is where I've been kind of looking because what I've had happen in my life and what I've done in my life, I kind of think it's it it shows that even when you're 20 and things look like they're too hard or too hopeless, that's not the case.
0: Yeah, that is beautiful. I love it. Thank you very much for sharing. You said, I've been a tenant, I've been a landlord, I've been a homeowner, and you've worked in like several industries. So I am sure you have tons of expertise and I'm really excited to hear about. So like you said, right, like you are interested in reaching 20 somethings. And I want to ask you, I really love the part where you said, you know, it's not so (laughs) hopeless. So from your experience as a financial advisor and with having clients, from what you see, how does the financial situation of a 20-something usually look like?
1: So even that, even as young as they are getting their financial feet under them, as young as they are, they come in all different situations. So they're often just getting out of school or just starting to build their career. That could be one or both of those things. Sometimes they've settled into their chosen field because they've already been at work for a number of years. And sometimes they're even trying to recover from bad spending. As soon as they became adults, they got into bad spending habits because they thought, make my own decisions, I can get a credit card. And so they come to us with that problem on their plate. But usually if they're calling us, it's because they feel a little bit out of their depth financially. And what do I do with the rest of my financial life? How do I repay my student loans? Can I afford to move out or buy a house? How do I fix my bad credit? So we do see them coming to us, even like I say, at that young age with lots of different situations. And you know, sometimes there's an expression that a person might rather hire a young person because they can train them the way they want to be, as opposed to hiring an older person who has already set their habits and their way of working. So we would say when we're working with the this age group, this demographic, that they haven't really developed a hard set to what they do with their finances. They're not committed to certain things, so they're open to what we have to share with them they want to hear what we have to say, and they're open to applying it as they go about their next steps.
0: Yeah, we can absorb like sponges. It's funny you were talking about uh, credit cards. (laughs) I am that person, like, (laughs) enjoy (laughs) now, pay later, unfortunately. So I am also selfishly benefiting from this interview, and from what you have to say. So thank you very much. And
1: my first candidate, listening to this conversation. That's great.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you were just talking about the different situations, right? Like starting off your career, graduating, credit card debt, can I afford to buy a house or not? But I also wanted to ask you about what are the biggest financial challenges for 20-year-olds, the external ones, you know, like with the economy, inflation, etc. You can talk a little bit about that. And what are some ways to overcome them or maybe not be, we're all
1: affected by them, but maybe perhaps reduce the damage. That's a good way of putting it. And what Money Mentors stands for is this buzz phrase called financial literacy. We, have, we were chartered by the province some 26 years ago to respond to people's concerns about their finances. There was no limit on what age you had to be or what your family component was. We were just opening the doors for people to come and say, here's my financial challenge. So over the course of that many years, we have developed a lot of strategies. We have a great website at moneymentors.ca. And what we're gearing everything to is financial literacy. Now, what is the definition of financial literacy? Well, it's access to learning and applying financial rules so that you're able to understand and interpret and apply these long-time financial basics to your life to get you in the direction you want to go. So things like budgeting, like goal setting, like planning, like saving and using credit wisely, these are all things that we categorize under the big title of financial literacy. So if you, like lots of people come to me and say, I didn't grow up in a home that had good financial practices, so I don't have very good skills. Or they say, I wasn't very good at math at school, so they think that they can't budget. But budgeting math is grade two math. It's arithmetic. It's adding and subtracting. There's a little bit of dividing. There's a little bit of multiplication. But mostly, it's very basic math. And like every time someone comes to our office for a debt counseling meeting, they leave with a budget in hand. So the, the worst I see, that's the unsexy part of budgeting is getting numbers on paper. And so we do that together in every single appointment that, that uh, comes through our offices. So if you were put on budgeting, you could book an appointment and we would be there for you. But as far as challenges, I would think it would be the inexperience with money which kind of reflects on what I say. saying, there's also some things like that are out of your control, like housing costs, like the job market instability, the rising cost of living. And of course, this is kind of affecting everybody, not just 20-somethings. The other issues that are specific maybe to this group are student loan debt, and as we've already discussed, inadvertent credit card debt that's galloped away on them before they realize what had happened. So those are the challenges that we would would kind of categorize for this group. Now, if all of these challenges are met with financial literacy, having a plan, doing your goal setting, knowing who you are, so that you can say this is important to me, and this is where I'm going to put my resources, because resources include money, include time, include the caring and the effort we put towards things. So that when we say resources, it's a big category. But what's important to you is secure housing, for instance. Then you may say, well, in that case, I'm going to put my, if I can only do one or the other, I'm going to put my transportation as a less important factor. So you have to make choices. Even the wealthiest people in the world have to make choices between a 60-foot yacht or a 20-foot yacht all resources in every situation are limited from the highest income to the lowest income. So you have to make choices. So this is why planning is so important as a starting point. What do I want for myself? Who am I? What matters to me? And so by looking at housing, if you say you want stable housing, then where do you have to cost cut in other areas that aren't as important to you? Job market instability. Well, in some ways, traditional jobs are unstable. So you may say, I'm going to always have a second. Like I said, in my bio that I always had a side gig, even at this, at this time in my life, I still have a side gig that I do in my free time because mostly because I've gotten clients for that who don't want to quit. So as long as they're saying, can you keep doing this for us? I say yes, but I've always had that. And the rising cost of living, well, I would say that the only place that we have control over what we spend practically now in life is food. So maybe a little bit transportation, we can choose to walk, ride the bus, or have our own vehicle. But really, food is a huge area where we can control the costs. So You know, if my rent goes up, I really can't do anything about it. But if lettuce is $8 a head, I can say I'm walking away from that. I can make a choice because I can find something to replace it. I can go without it for this week. So food is really a place where you can take charge of your budget and you can make small changes that have big results.
0: Thank you very much. I really like that approach. You know, those those small actions add up, right? Yes.
1: (laughs) They certainly do.
0: Thank you, Laurel. And and my other question is, it's the opposite, basically. So what do you think from your experience and expertise, what are the biggest financial opportunities for 20-year-olds?
1: Well, I have to say the biggest financial opportunity is the time advantage. You're young, and the earlier you start these good habits, the longer the benefits can grow towards your future. So even small amounts invested or small changes made consistently can grow to significant impact over time. I'm going to paraphrase something that Martin Luther King paraphrased, where he said, I'm going to say, the arc of your financial life is long, but you can bend it toward prosperity by practicing these long-established habits of planning, budgeting, goal-setting, saving. So that would, that's what I would say is the biggest advantage. But some other advantages are that you're technologically proficient. You know what you're doing with your smartphones. You adapt easily to changes. And lots of those, that technology, it shortcuts some of the boring things about finances. And you guys are really good at that. There's also way more work opportunities. Like we say, maybe the traditional jobs are less available, but there is remote work, the gig economy, which gives you a lot of flexibility. And because you have technology to help you with this, you can juggle a lot of things that are going in different directions. So I think those are huge strengths. And you still have years and years to increase your education and develop your skills. So those are your real, your strengths that you have to rely on and you have to believe in them. And that means that you believe in yourself, that you can make the changes or you can develop the habits that are going to bend this prosperity arc in your favor.
0: Thank you very much, Laurel. And now I want to ask you, this is kind of a broad question, but what would you say, because you talked a little bit about, you know, these tasks like planning and budgeting, which I think relate to my next question. So what are the steps to becoming financially healthy and secure?
1: As uninspired as it sounds, the strongest thing to becoming financially healthy and secure is to live within your me. We have a saying here at the office is that your greatest asset is your ability to earn income. So sometimes people think, well, my house is my asset. But I meet people every single day of the month that come in and have lost their job and now their house is in jeopardy or their car loan is in jeopardy or getting their kids to daycare. They can't afford that. So having an income is your biggest financial asset. Just talk to anybody who has had an injury and has to have some downtime from work and suddenly now their cash flow is impacted. So having an income stream is a huge asset and maintaining that income stream. And we talked about having a traditional job or or having a side gig or doing contract work, just so you always have an income stream because that really is your asset that develops the financial and, and empowers you financially. So the other thing that is a huge strength that dictates the direction of your financial security is staying out of debt. Debt is in its most elementary definition, debt is where you say, I'm going to have this object today, but I cannot afford to pay for it today. So I'm going to use tomorrow or next year or the next decade's money to pay for what I have today. So as soon as you sign on the dotted line, or you put your credit card down, you are saying, resources I get in the future are going to be used for what I pay today. So you can imagine how carrying that thought to its logical conclusion, those future days means whatever you have is going to be less because you're paying for past activities and purchases, right? So if I say I'm going to buy this $100 pair of shoes today on my credit card, that's $100 I don't have out of tomorrow's paycheck or the next paycheck or after that, or next month's paycheck. And I might even on my credit card carry that purchase of those shoes a year from now. And suddenly those $100 shoes are not $100 anymore. So debt, it steals future prosperity and developing well. So living within your means and limiting debt or having a plan to get out of debt are going to be the steps to becoming financially healthy and secure.
0: Thank you so much. You know what? I had never thought of debt that way,
1: I think that's an amazing way to see it. (laughs) Right? It is because you always think, you know, a lot of people are proud of their credit uh, history or their credit rating or their credit score or the, uh, the fact that they have access to using credit to get things they want. But when you think about it, apart from the pride we take in having access to credit, you think about it, if I was going to what I want myself to have this next month, right? Like if you think about it as you're using the resources from the future to pay for the past, kind of puts it in a different perspective.
0: I would have never thought about that. And I think it's really awesome. So thank you for sharing it. I think it's, yeah, it's a different perspective, pretty informational and valuable too.
1: Right. And I have every day in my office, again, I say I have people that are regretful of what they use their credit for or they're, or they're forgetful. Yeah, I owe $10,000 and I don't know what I spent the money on, which is kind of amazing. Yikes. Because it's an, yeah. it's a significant, usually it's a significant amount. And of course, there's good debt, like student loan debt or you need a car for work and so you go and you get a uh, well thought out car loan or when we buy houses and we say yes we'll take the next 25 years of my future to pay for that we can see the value there because it's going to give us shelter we're probably going to raise our family there so there's lots of reasons why debt is a great tool but for consumer spending you should always give it a second thought.
0: Yeah, I feel like it triggered a little bit because this weekend, <laughs> okay, I
1: apologize for that. a
0: friend of mine and I, like we bought tickets for a festival and yeah, like it wasn't cheap, but the festival is not until April next okay, year. Okay, okay. So, We're like, oh my gosh, like, oh, like we're paying this much money. But I told her, like, I think the good thing is that in the next couple of months, we're going to be paying it off. And then by the time for the festival, we're not going to be in debt, like, because they had like payment installations, monthly payments are a bit expensive. But, you know, in April, we won't have to worry about paying for something in the past. So we're
1: paying in advance. (laughs) <laughs> and you've got the tickets. And yeah. we always want you to have to budget for fun in your life. So, like, nothing works in life and it's all a drudge. If we don't have any fun in in our life, we just can't keep keep going. Like, we have to have these little breaks where we have a good time. And I see you're already applying what we're talking about because you're saying the event is in the future. And by the time it gets here, we will have paid for this, right? So, you're already applying those ideas, that you should save and pay cash if you can. So in this case, you're reserving your spot. And as you go along, you're going to get it paid off. So I think you halfway applied those rules that we're trying to put out there so people can think about them. Yeah, we tried our best. We really wanted to secure those seats. (laughs) I believe it. So. And this is all part of the first step, which is goal setting and planning. So I've got a whole page here of values. So if you know yourself a little bit and you can say, what do I value? What's important? So happiness, family, fun, loyalty. So you you try to dream up 10 values and you can Google and do a value search and you get lots of input. And then you say, okay, what are the top 10 for me or if you're a part of a couple... For us, and then you say, okay, how can we choose the top three, and then we would put our resources there. So you say we really wanted those seats for that event. So that would be something you value, right? If you're going to spend that much money for something you're doing, then let's make it a quality experience. But let's be sure that we we put the money aside by the time we go. So you know that's that's its double reward because then you're not carrying the debt into the next month or the next quarter or the next year, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Thank you very much, Laurel. And uh, we talked a little bit about financial literacy and you just mentioned the values and your approach to debt. But I want to ask, what do you think it's crucial? Like you want it ingrained in our brains. So like, what do you think it's crucial for 20 year olds? to start doing on their journey to financial health? And what are some actions that they can take right now, today?
1: So getting into the habit of saving. So right now, today, you can open a savings account. And a little ways down the road, a few weeks or a few, or next month, you could decide, do I need to make it a regular savings? Uh, You know, a TFSA, a tax-free savings, a retirement savings. So you could investigate that, but today, Tonight, you could open a savings account. You could open that at your current bank and have a side account that's a savings account, or you could open it at a virtual bank, and then it would link to your current bank. So if it's at a virtual bank, it's one step removed, meaning that it takes a couple days if you want that money to come back into your cash flow. So if it's just a transfer between your savings and your checking account, maybe it's not safe. But you can also make those decisions as you go along. So starting a savings, getting into the habit of savings, and you can save for no reason because there's always going to be something. If you're a human being, something's going to happen that you weren't expecting. So you can just save for saving sake. Eventually, as you as that saving muscle develops, you will decide, am I saving for a new car, for a home renovation, for a down payment, for an education? You can decide, should I have two streams of saving because I want to save for two things? You can assign what the savings is for, but today you can start saving for saving So The other thing I would like to encourage is to track. It's all fun and games to plan a trip. It's all fun and games to plan a wedding. It's fun and games to plan a party. But As soon as we say, let's plan our finances, we say, oh, that's a bad word. Like, it's like diet, you know, it's like, so I don't want to, I don't want to budget. I don't want to make a spending plan that's going to be restrictive. But I want to encourage you to think that planning is empowering. Because once you know who you are and what you value, because you've sat for a bit and you've thought about that, you can start planning your money to go in that direction. And it's so funny when people leave our place with the budget in hand and they see, okay, I'm overspending $300 or $400. Right away, they can find remedies. Should I cut back here? Could I take some overtime? So right away, they can find remedies to lots of times the shortfall that the budget exercise has shown them. That's empowering right? And in order to have an accurate plan, you might want to look at the last three months of your spending. Where did my money go? Or you might say, starting today, I'm going to track the next three months to see where my money go. And there's lots of easy planning tools that you could pick today. You could pick digital. You could grab the calendar off the wall or the calendar on your phone, and you could say, I pay my rent on this day, it's this much. And so you could set out the spending plan and by the same token on the calendar in green ink or green type, you can put the days you get income. So you can see the, the ebb and flow of your money as it comes and goes. And then we never make changes unless our feelings are involved. So as part of making changes, because you want to improve your financial literacy, your financial muscles, how you behave with money. I would suggest picking a category like maybe your entertainment category, your eating out category, maybe the fuel for your vehicle category if you drive, and saying for the next 30 days, I'm only going to spend in this category with cash. So you actually you could go today to the bank and you could take cash out for that category and you could say, Okay, every time I do a spending in this category, it's going to be cash because we need to get our feelings back attached to our money. There's so many ways that money leaves our possession and we don't even have a sense of it. We use our debit card, we do something uh, with our phones, and you just press a button and you don't even look at your your statements when they come from your credit card or your bank statement. We're so out of touch we don't have feelings about it except when it runs out and then we're upset.
0: Yeah, it's crazy too like you know I love that you mentioned like how to decide to spend one category in cash because even like with the tap it's so easy now. Oh, you know, I'm going to get a coffee and then tap and that like for me it happened a week ago like I I bought a London Fog and I was like, "Oh yes, tap." And then it was like $7 and I was like, Seven dollars a London fog, <laughs> like, like I need to get back on my drink. Food. exactly. Yeah, like that's a beer at a restaurant, and like you know, like that's like two slices of pizza, or
1: right?
0: And I was like, oh my gosh. And then I know that there are people who buy like a drink before work, like every day, and it's just like tap, 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 tap. And I'm like, well, they are either making back, or m- maybe they are. They don't care, but I don't know. It's just
1: So crazy. if you had that category and you had cash and you had to pull the, the $10 out, like would you say, and then you got three loonies back, would you say, wow, and then would, tomorrow you would say, well, I already spent that $10 and I'm whittling down my cash budget. It's running out. And maybe by the 20th of the month, it's gone. Whereas when you're tapping, you don't know that you've already spent X number for that category that month, right? But if you take it and say, this is what I want to spend on this category, right away you see how much you have left. And we have a crazy disconnect, mental disconnect with using our credit card versus using our savings. It's harder for us to to spend money with our savings than it is to put it on a credit card. We think there's less of a problem using the credit card than it is that money I put aside is hard-earned and it's, we value it more, the money and savings, than we're afraid of using our credit card. And the world is set up with advertising and, and social media to tell us not to think like that, not to be in touch with your money, right? So there's lots of messages coming at us that make it so we don't stop and think, we don't We don't get back in touch with our finances.
0: Yeah, it's just consume, consume, consume. And also that leads to my next question, because I think that what you just mentioned relates into something that I wanted to ask, because I've heard that several times here on the interview, you said like, it's also about knowing who you are, right? And I think that sometimes as 20 year olds, like we're just trying to figure that out, And like, there's also like so much noise outside, right? Like you mentioned, like this system is designed for you not to think about your finances like or yourself and and to not
1: live within your means. So yeah, I wanted to pick your brain on that. So getting to know yourself. Well, it's probably unfair to ask 20 year olds to do that because even we talk about all of a sudden, when you're 18, you have to choose what you're going to major at in university and you barely know like what your strengths are or what you're interested in. So it's probably unfair to say, well, know yourself when you're 20. But I can guarantee you that if you live within your means, you limit your debt, that suddenly when you know what's important to you because you get to know yourself better, preparation is going to meet opportunity which is the definition of luck, because you have limited your debt, you have planned and budgeted, and you've lived within your means. So all of a sudden, you look like the person that everything is good is happening to them. But it's because you developed these habits as you were learning about yourself and looking at values. And thinking of sometimes learning about yourself, you think of when in my life are the five times I've been the happiest, like doing something? What is maybe the happiest? Those can give you some insights into who you are and what you want to do. You could also talk to a therapist if you said, I'm really stuck. I don't know how to discover myself. And they could give you or you could go to get a book at the library you know, or take an online course. There's lots of ways to discover who you are. But in the meantime, having these good financial habits is going to hold you well until you get to where you're going, if I can use that term, to learning about yourself. And we like here I am these 40 years later, I still haven't really arrived at the destination of who I am, right? So who you are can be changing all the time too.
0: Yeah, we're all evolving every day.
1: (laughs) Yes, like you, you have this podcast. So at some point you went from not having a podcast to having one. So you discovered something about yourself that told you, this is what I'm interested in, right? Yes. (laughs) And you probably can maybe trace the path to how you got here. And can you identify with that my preparation met the opportunity and i got lucky right yeah doing what you're doing here so and that's we want to we want to inspire and empower any age but particularly 20 year olds because you have a long path ahead of you to get it right and so we want you to get it right earlier rather than later
0: yeah and then time goes by so fast too like
1: <laughs> someone told me the days are long but the years are short because, you know, at the end of the day, I'm like, Oh, feels like I was out of bed. You know, I got up hours ago, but suddenly I, every, every new year, I look and where did that year go? So and like when I, when I was writing, when I was sharing my bio that I have 30 year old kids, I almost can't believe <laughs> I remember being 30 myself and thinking, you know, so it's just, yeah, time goes by so fast. Every time, every dollar you have in savings is benefiting by that time because savings over time grow, right? So good financial habits are a gift you give yourself as time is going by.
0: Thank you for sharing, Laurel. And before we go, what is one piece of advice that you think it's crucial for our listeners to know? You talked a little bit about savings, but I don't know if there's anything else that you don't want people to, like you don't want to episode to stop without the audience knowing.
1: So what I want the audience to know is that life is neither as good or as bad as it seems. It's usually somewhere in the middle. And you can have a lot of input into good things that happen to you, whether it's financial or whether it's, you know, even Social or physical, you can change what's happening to you by adopting good habits. And whatever the news is out there, it's neither that bad or that good. It's usually somewhere in the middle, and you have a lot of control over how those things affect you.
0: Thank you. And one last question. And is there anything else that you'd like to add that you think it's important and I didn't ask you?
1: I want to reinforce that the MoneyMentors.ca website is full of resources of what we're talking about. How long it would take to pay down debt with certain strategies. How long it would take to save for a you know something you're saving for like a car or a home down payment. How long it takes to pay off a student loan. Then you can come into our office and you can have face to face. So we're always here. If you can't make it to the office, you can have a phone call or a Zoom call. So Money mentors or the Money Mentors organization, we are full of resources that apply to you directly in your circumstances.
0: Thank you very much. Yeah. And I know that by the time this episode airs, there will be a blog post on financial advice for 20 year olds in Alberta. I will add it on the description on the episode description. (laughs) They can learn more at moneymentors.ca. Yes. Wonderful. And my
1: Instagram address is at moneymentors.ab. Okay. And just at moneymentors on Twitter and Facebook.
0: Okay. Perfect.
1: Now, is there anything that I didn't address?
0: I just have one question and feel free to address it or not. But you know how you talked a little bit about savings. Like, I wonder if there are any recommendations. Well, you did mention the TFSAs briefly. For example, I think that for me, when I was in 22, I'm 26 now, (laughs) but when I was 22, investment for me seemed so complicated and for rich people and that, you know, like it wasn't for me or whatever. And one of my friends who, he studied business, he was like, no, you're surely Like now, what are you doing? So (laughs) I wanted to ask you about
1: that investment so investments as apart from savings are like savings are money that you want to keep safe right where investments are money that you're willing to put a risk so you should have the basic savings account should be at least three months of your basic living expenses So you should always have that at least that much hopefully six months but at least three months of your basic living expenses And that's just savings, nothing you're going to put at risk. It's not money for a renovation. It's not money for a trip. It's money in case you have to miss work. It's money in case you have an emergency like your car broke down or you have to fix something unexpectedly. So that's money that you want to keep safe. As far as investments, you have to think, Could this I could lose. So of course, that's going to right away put your mind in a different place. How much am I willing to lose? And Uh, Do I want to keep putting money into this situation that I might lose the money? So, and there's different degrees of investment. There's like, you know, safe, not safe, and very not safe, high risk. So, you can also choose those kinds of streams as to where you want to put this investment. And some people, instead of learning to do their own taxes, they're going to learn to buy shares and sell them or trade and do different things. So, that's good as long as they have the knowledge, but they don't always. That doesn't always reward because the marketplace is very tough. You know, and we've seen the the dot com bubble burst, and we've seen the Bitcoin bubble burst, and we've seen gold, and you know, all these things have. You can just see in in large letters in the news that a lot of this stuff has gone bad. So that's how I would separate in my mind: Do I want to save or do I want to invest? And if I want to invest, then I could lose it. But also, you're in your 20s, so you have a lot of years to make some mistakes, right? And to recover from, whereas someone in my age, we don't want to be making those mistakes anymore, so we probably aren't going to take the chance. So if you have money that's worth it, you could lose without damaging your family or damaging your financial, then I think you should take some risks in investment. And whether you have an advisor or you do it yourself, you would have to make that choice because you would learn things from your mistakes. And then, and you also have many, many years to recover if the first thousands of dollars you invest you lost. But okay, I won't do it that way again, but I'm going to try again. Definitely say it's worth to invest.
0: Thank you very much, Laurel. Those were all my questions. Thank you very much for your time, and for providing your knowledge and expertise. I really enjoyed this conversation. You know, I feel like I provided too much information about my financial situation. Oh, yeah,
1: well,
0: but I think, but you know, we're that trained,
1: we're trained to get the hardest <laughs> information out. So you didn't have a chance. <laughs> yeah. And you, you know, I to.
0: think that a lot of people are on the same boat as I am in terms of like, oh, you know, like I want to spend in fun, but also how do I even start with like saving or investing. So I think this was really great. And yeah, I super appreciate you being here.
1: Well, thank you for being so candid and so friendly. It was good to talk to you. Yeah, I hope your, your listeners have found something that's gonna, today, they're gonna be able to say, this is what I'm gonna do with my money. Something we've talked about.
0: 100%.
1: Well, it's been wonderful meeting you and a real pleasure to talk to you.
0: It was wonderful to meet you as well. And yeah, thank you again for your time. Thank you very much for listening. If you'd like to support the show, please share this episode with your friends or with someone who may benefit from this conversation. You can also rate the show and leave a review and follow it on Instagram at project25.podcast. And if you'd like to share your story or know someone who does, feel free to email me at andrea.project25 at gmail.com. You can also send me your comments and suggestions in case you want to see someone here. And that's all from me. Bye-bye.